Welcome to my basement, everybody. Do you all feel like brand New Year's babies? <laughs> you sound like Wolfman Jack. Today. I love Wolfman Jack. Let's yeah, bring him back. Hey, my babies. Come on down to my basement, man. Yeah. Nobody, nobody, nobody listening to the podcast knows <laughs> who Wolfman Jack is. If you don't know who Wolfman Jack is, go rent American Graffiti, directed by our man, George Lucas. A classic film, and he was a classic DJ. He basically laid down the groundwork, right? I mean, we're all following in his footsteps right now, aren't we? Sort of. You mean what we're doing right now with the kind podcast? Kind of. I mean, if we're talking into a microphone and, and it's just a, an audio recording of a, of a conversation or an interview type thing, Wolfman Jack was the man. He's part of broadcasting history. Speaking of American graffiti, your man crush is in that movie. Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. A very young Harrison Ford. He kicked ass in that. He was the drag racer with the hottest car and he had a hot babe beside him in the thing and Richard Dreyfus pulls up and he's all intimidated as anybody would be if they met Harrison Ford. Every now and then when I pick up the tabloids, when I'm at the supermarket and I'm buying, you know, my groceries for the week, my sandwich meats, I uh, will see a photo of Harrison Ford and I'll think, how did that guy get old? Because what happens to people? They get old, man. Look at us, though. We're still we're, young. We're and in a new year. And we're vibrant. And someday we're going to look like an old woman, just like Harrison Ford. The, and well. that's going to be just fine. Getting old is okay, my friend. He looks like friend. Carrie it's, Fisher now. It's part of it. He looks incredible. I hope that uh, either one of us looks half as good as Harrison Ford does oh, when shit. we're almost 70. I think he might be turning 70 this year. Are you kidding? We're going to look amazing. You Imagine the technology, the face creams we'll be able to put on <laughs> by then. Space I, 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 I I want, to be, I want to be half robot. I want to be half robot by then. Have you had some work done? Did you have some work done over the holidays? I did. I'm, I, uh, I started my uh, binary uh, augmentations. How do they look? Did you sleep in uh, your, your hyperbaric chamber over the holidays? You <laughs> yeah, look, I bought it from Michael Jackson. You look refreshed. Let's, let's do a little holiday wrap-up. How did you spend your holidays? What did, what did Victor Lucas well, do? I'm a dad, so this holiday was big-time spend time with the kid time and uh, a lot of family stuff. It was Ruby's first Christmas. She learned how to say the word beautiful but she can only say the first two paragraph or two uh, uh, syllables phrase two syllables yeah yeah so it's be you we get a lot of be that you. which is really cute uh, but it was wonderful I did buy a brand new Onkyo receiver though now and why I did went, you buy this thing I want I was so sick of looking at all the clutter of my cables in the basement okay and look at how much better it looks it does I, look a lot I better. took all of this crap out all the stuff that I because I record a lot of the footage for reviews on the run from this setup here but now what I'm going to do is I'm going to start to record a little bit more in the office uh, and just game for fun at home and uh, so home is for fun yes the office where we make the show that is where all the business that's the serious game that's where I'm going to be gaming to record for the show and then obviously I'll probably keep playing some of the best games or you know if I need to dive deeper into stuff I'll take it home so I have to figure out how to keep my save games in two different locations. If anybody's got tips on that, let me know because I don't know what the hell I'm going to do there because yep. I don't want to have to start games over. Assassin's Creed 3, which I started over three times. 
Mm-hmm. Ouch. Good. Yes. You uh, have wasted your life. That was 15 hours that's, of that's a lot of not fun stuff. Well, yeah. welcome back. It's good to be back. I'm what did you do? What, did you you just escaped? You got away from all of this stuff, right? Well, you went into the mountains and grew a beard, is what yeah, you did. Yeah. Can, can you hear it? I actually did yeah. grow yeah. a rub, little bit of a beard. Rub your beard on the microphone. I'm rubbing on the microphone right now. Never it's, said that on the podcast before. <laughs> this feels kind of good. <laughs> Uh, I, I did. I took, you know, I actually took a break from everything. Yeah. I took a break. I didn't do any gaming. The only gaming I did over the holidays was I played Angry Birds Star Wars. Have you heard of this game? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of an embarrassing admission. <laughs> I didn't know that this was going to be uh, uh, us giving confessions. I thought I could be open. All right. Okay. I thought I could All right. tell you, okay. be honest with I with played myself. Angry Birds Star Wars. What did you well, play? Well, I did play no, Angry it's, Birds it's, Star Wars. It's a good game. Rovio, we love you. It's a All good right. game. Right. Uh, I, do you have any um, uh, sort of, uh, you know, resolutions? Thoughts? Yeah, some New Year's resolutions regarding video games. Mm-hmm. Anything that you're sort of plotting and planning for yourself? I don't, you know, honestly, this break, yeah. I took a break from games completely. I felt like I needed a palate cleanse. That was like your just, 2011 resolution. I, I needed to start it, over. Yeah, you, you finally did it at the end of 2012. I needed to reboot. I mean, we yeah. play so many games for I this know. show and for this job. And, you know, we see so many movies for this show and this job. We talk, I talked about this just before I left for the holiday break. And the last thing I did before I left was we shot the Rocket and Ray Gun Awards. Yeah. And I said, Vic, I'm a little worried about myself over the holiday break because... I'm, I don't. I don't know what to do. Neither of us really knows how to take no, a vacation. Because our work is fun as our work hell. Is fun and, yeah, and so the, yeah, it's hard to not always want to work. The things and that we have do fun, for our job are things that people would do when they take a vacation. So it's you know people who listen to the podcast. When you guys take your breaks, you yeah. play games and go to movies. Shit, we do that every day. Yeah. So I'm, I'm at a lot. I don't know what to do. What am I supposed to do? And I'm not a great traveler. I don't really like to travel. Yeah. Unless it's to E3. You had to leave or, the cave. Yeah. And so I went to San Francisco for a couple of days. And, uh, you know, I just, I took a break from everything. I didn't see any movies. I At the very end, I saw The Hobbit. And we'll talk about that some other time. Yeah. And, uh, and I saw Django Unchained. We'll talk about that too another time. But uh, I didn't see any movies, and I didn't really... So is that your resolution, then, is to take a break every once in a while? I think that's the thing both of us could really learn. Well, I have to now. I mean, I have to. That's that's what having a daughter does, is that, you know, or a, a child of any kind, is that you need to slow everything down and just experience life from their perspective. And it's something I'm really grateful for, you know, because I have been on this pace since 1997, uh, of just consuming all of this media, you know, every day, day in, day out, whether it's a holiday or not. Half the time, I don't even know if it is a holiday. But now, you know, my wife and I and my daughter have to spend some time that's totally distant from this stuff. And it, it's great because it, it gives you a chance to reflect on what is really valuable in this media that we cover. I have a resolution, though, that is related to video games. I have one, too, but I'll, I want you to go first. Okay. For sure. Well, it, this, the, this will be the year that we bid adieu to the Wii, and I'm not going to port over all of my Wii content to the Wii you have decided. I don't think it's worth the hassle. Uh, the Wii is a st- standard definition platform. All of those old classic games that you can buy in the eShop are all standard definition. I'll just keep it locked in, but I'm going to say goodbye to all of the Wii games that I love that I know I'll never play again. Uh, because uh, we'll get too busy with the other new stuff that's going to be coming out. I'm still out. trying to find the resolution in here. Where's the resolution? That's my resolution is just complete my uh, some of my Wii favorites and get them out of my hair and, and say, say so long to a great platform. It's not I really love the a Wii. resolution. 
Do you know what a resolution is? That's my resolution. No, What's, that's what? more of like... And I will lose weight doing that's that. That's something you would like to do and you might enjoy doing. Yeah, and you would lose weight doing it. That's a resolution. <laughs> okay. right? All right. that's, what's, what's your resolution? I don't want your to-do list for 2013. <laughs> that's it. That's I'm taking it easy on myself. I'm going to finish some Wii games. All right. My resolution is really corny, and I'll probably get booted off the okay. podcast. All right. Okay. Uh, do more charitable works. No, I'm only kidding. That, that, that's a good idea. That we should do that, so yeah. people out there yeah. listening, do more, we should do some too. You know what I've started to do, and I think this is kind of cool, when we go grocery shopping, there's always people that need help or money or whatever. I usually reach into my uh, grocery bag. Instead of giving money away, I usually give away a piece of my groceries to someone. And it feels really good to do that because they're hungry and cold and... They get some food right away. Yeah, but do you give them the stuff that you don't really want? No, I give them like a like cliff bar or something. I give them something that I do oh, want. don't give them cliff bars. I, I like that stuff. With those things. All right. What you, okay, so what is your real resolution? Uh, I just I just want to pay attention. I want to look at my phone less. Okay. I want to pay attention to people. I want to look you in the eye more okay. often okay. in I'm, 2003. because I'm a damn handsome man, right? I'm looking you in the eye right it now. feels good, right? I'm getting lost. The windows <laughs> to the soul, they call the eyes. No, I'm serious. I, I'm, I'm so tired of looking at people all around me who are together, but yeah. all looking at their phones in a little group. That is bullshit. It's, Look at each other in 2013. That's a great talk to each other. That's a great resolution, and I listen think, to each other. I think we are going. Other. I think we're going to hit that uh, the, the end of that road of us looking at screens all the time. I think that's that, because they're going to get implanted into our. Well, into yes, our heads. I think there's going to be a little bit of that happening, but I also think people are are going to reach the end of it, the ceiling of being always online and being always available to the other world, the screen life that's out there. I think people are going to get sick of that and they are going to want to uh, rebel against that. I mean, I think there's, uh, you read about it every day, people, friends that you might have or other journalists or whatever that are always canceling their Facebook subscriptions and stuff like that, just basically changing their whole sort of uh, connection to technology in some really major ways. And I think that is going to become a big trend. You know, and it's going to start in a big way this year, I think. It's going to start with me. Yeah. And then it's going to spread to you. No, I don't know will, if, it, will I don't you, know if it's uh, going to spread to you. But every time you open up your phone and you check to see if there's a new email, yeah. and there's not, a little part of you dies. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is that is valuable time. <laughs> that is valuable time. You totally. Could have, you could have been looking at the world around you. Absolutely. You could have been looking at an owl. Yeah. I want to look at owls. Owls are beautiful. You should <laughs> Where? Google Google owls. I'm trying to make on a, your phone. I'm trying to make a transition into our interview or your interview. Yeah, we uh, Scott broke for a holiday a little bit sooner than I did, so we didn't get to do a uh, two person interview with our good friend Matt Levitan from Sony. Uh, so I took it solo, and I had a nice long conversation with this guy. I've known him since the very beginning of my career in this business, since about 1997, 1998. He has always been an incredible supporter of the Electric Playground and uh, reviews on the run, and uh, has been a great, uh, you know, person to work with with regards to PlayStation developments. He is a PlayStation loyalist. But he is also acutely aware of the importance and relevance of uh, the other um, uh, content uh, console manufacturers out there and the other ways that we get gaming content. First and foremost, he is a tremendous fan of video games. Oh my God, you have built him up enough. He's not Muhammad Ali, he's just a man. He's kind of like Muhammad Ali. He's Muhammad Ali of PlayStation. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Matt Levitan. 
My friend Matt Levitan from PlayStation is with me, and uh, we are enormous fans of PlayStations around here, my friend. We want to talk a little bit about next steps for the brand, for the company, for the platform, for the future platforms. What have we got to look forward to, let's say, early on in 2013? Uh, we have, I'd say, arguably probably our best lineup ever for 2013. I'm sure if you go back to previous clips, you'll hear me saying this in previous <laughs> shows. Um, but I, I mean, I'm, we're looking at the not only the first, but third-party software next year, and we have God of War, Ascension, and we have Last of Us, and we have Beyond. But then, even in the first few months of the year, there's Bioshock and Tomb Raider, and there's there's so many great games, GTA V. So um, I think gamers have a lot to look forward to in 2013, and this is the time, I think, when a lot of the best games will come from current gen because they, you know, developers have had so much time to work on the hardware. Yeah, for sure. Out of all of those, obviously, you have to have pledged some allegiance to the stuff that you guys are publishing. Uh, but do you have something that you're most excited about and why? Uh, two. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about Bioshock Infinite. Um, I think the, the original Bioshock was, uh, to this day, is still my, probably my favorite first-person shooter. I love the Rapture world. I love what Ken Levine did with the storylines and the characters. I find that it's more than a shooter for me. I, mm -hmm. I really love to jump right in there, and I, and I even really enjoyed the sequel. Um, so I think that one, first and foremost, is really high on my radar. Um, and then from us, like internally, I'd say The Last of Us. I mean, I, everything that Naughty Dog makes is so polished and so clean and so amazing um, that when you look at the graphics and the AI and the physics, uh, there's nothing out there in my mind that compares to The Last of Us. It's just, uh, it's going to be epic for us. What did you hear from um, the players out there, the PlayStation fans out there around the end of 2012? Were you guys satisfied with the way that uh, the PlayStation 3 and the Vita was selling and and uh, the software was selling for these platforms as the year wrapped up? We had a good year. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I think, um, you know, looking back on the Vita specifically, mm -hmm. um, I think we had a great lineup of games. I mean, I don't, I can't recall any other system that had such a great launch lineup and then really facilitated great software each and every month. Um, That's something we absolutely discovered when we did our Rocket and Ray Gun wrap-up. A lot of yeah. the best portable software was on the Vita. Four of the five nominees. You, you I noticed. Wa I watched yeah. the show. Yeah. And you gave Wipeout a 10. Yes. Um, and I think Uncharted Golden Abyss was probably one of my favorite games I played this year. So I spent a lot of time with my Vita. I'm a fighting game fan, so between Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter Cross Tekken and PlayStation all sorts of there was just so many great fighting games to play on the Vita that I always, every week, I'd have a new code or a new game that mm -hmm. I'd be popping in there. Um, so that was exciting for us. Um, Sales-wise, I think we're doing we're doing well. We're doing, you know, we are where we would like to be um, in Canada uh, and in North America specifically. And we have some high aspirations of the next few years. So, uh, you know, whether compatibility with PS3, functionality that we're going to add to Vita. Um, there's a lot of things that we're very much looking forward to uh, in the future for Vita. So we're excited. Some announcements that came out for the Vita as the year sort of tapered off there is that you guys kind of opened up your mobile strategy a little bit more and let developers kind of call their shots on pricing and, and the types of software that they wanted to put out there. How is that working out for you? Are you finding that there's a lot more people uh, that maybe at the independent level that are developing for Android or iOS that are now developing for Vita? Yeah, and, and specifically also Canadian developers. I yeah. mean, we've seen just such a great influx of games that have been available for Vita, like Sound Shapes and like, uh, you know, the Drinkbox game, Tales from Space. I mean, all these great games that are that are homemade, that are homegrown here in Canada, mm -hmm. that are that are great product for, for the PSN store. And a lot of this stuff, what's so great is, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to compete with some of the bigger franchises on the store shelves. It exists, you know, on our PlayStation Network store and, you know, 24-7. It's just available for you there to download. And once we added PS Plus to the Vita, I think that's really when I think it clicked in for a lot of people, too. It's like, I'm already a Plus member for PS3. Now I get all these great games for Vita. Like, why, why wouldn't you uh, take advantage of that offer? So, um, you know, never been a better time to get Plus as well. 2012 has been pretty decent for you guys. You're happy. Everything is going very well for you. Obviously, there's a lot of buzz and expectation and uh, fingers crossed for new PlayStation in 2012. 
2013. Can you tell us anything? Are we going to get uh, a PlayStation 4, a Vita 2, any <laughs> any kind of hints about what kind of hardware announcements you might have? What have you uh, What have you been hearing? <laughs> Maybe you know something I don't know. Uh, no, we're, we're pretty focused on current gen. Um, you know, you look at the lineup that we have for PS3 next year, I think it's going to be great. Um, and Vita is just getting started. I mean, we're only 10 months in. So um, I think that's exciting that we could be six, seven years into the life cycle of the PS3 and still see product like The Last of Us. So I think that really, um, in my opinion, means that you know we built a great piece of hardware up front that was expensive initially, but I think now down to the 249 price point, I think you're getting you know something that's still as valid and as relevant today as it was when it launched six years ago, which is truly saying something. We don't abandon our consoles after four or five years. We want to see a nice longer life cycle. I remember having the discussion with you about PlayStation Plus a couple of years ago, and I think the term killer app kind of uh, bounced around back then. I think it truly has become the killer app for PlayStation. Is this sort of an idea of, you know, what is to come with underneath the PlayStation umbrella? You sign up for something and you get a whole bunch of free software as part of the deal? You know, I mean, it's uh, the proof is in uh, the, the pudding, really, in terms of the people that are taking advantage of different subscription-like services. So mm -hmm. whether it's Netflix on the PS3, uh, and they just came out and said that the PS3 is actually the most used device for Netflix, which was great news for us. Um, Music Unlimited, which I'm currently a subscriber of, and it's like thousands and thousands of albums, and I love um, being able to access all that content. Um, and, you know, we've had a lot of journalists and a lot of people report, you know, what's the purpose of buying or having a, an Xbox Live subscription for 50, 60 a year when I'm paying the same thing for Plus and I'm getting games. So yeah. I think that's the big distinguishing factor is you're going to get content with our service. Um, and I think that's really how we want to try to move things forward. Are people coming to PlayStation Plus in the in the numbers that you guys are hoping for? Yeah, it, it uh, I can't give you the exact numbers, but it tripled in the last year. Um, yeah. You know, we gave out um, cards to media at E3 um, where every where we do any events in Canada and the U.S. We're handing out free 30-day memberships. And I think once you get that taste of that content and you're like, you know what, this is for less than $5 a month. This is this is great um, content that I can take advantage of and that there'll always be something new for me to play. It, it's sort of, a, you know, it's, it's kind of pointing the way to how this industry is changing. It's never been more competitive. It's never been easier to access really cool game content. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I guess Sony is trying to ad adapt to that and, and sort of keep pace, but also innovate with some stuff here, right? Yeah. And I, I mean, I look at the things that we have that are exclusively PSN, like mm -hmm. Journey or Unfinished Swan and Papo and Yo, and like a lot of these games were mentioned in your Rocket and Ray Gun Awards and that have won a lot of awards this year. And, yeah. and you know, like these are these are products that, you know, perhaps some of the most innovative and creative projects that you're seeing these days are actually these games that are landing on PSN. Um, and I think that that's great. I think it, there's room for both. There's room for these great big Blu-ray experiences that, you know, are at your store level. And then, you know, hop on the PSN store and be able to take advantage of all these kind of smaller games that are less priced, but, you know, you can download them in a couple minutes and you're, you're playing them in your living room. So I like the fact that we have kind of both, both business models working and and I think it's going to be great for the gamer at the end of the day. Well, Sony has always been a, uh, a champion for game development. They've always invested in lots of different ways to play games. Uh, but it's no secret that Sony's been facing corporately some pretty big financial hurdles over the last few years. Is the commitment to games going to continue as we sort of edge closer to a new generation of machines and you guys keep offering new ways to get all of this game content? Is Sony always going to be behind game development and working with independent studios like it has been? Yeah, I think 
think we have three really key individuals that are kind of the stakeholders for this right now. Obviously, our global CEO is uh, Kazurai, mm -hmm. who was you know in charge of PlayStation for a lot of years, and you know had worked at the on the ground level at Foster City. Very dedicated to gaming, very smart man. So I think having him at the helm is great. Andrew House, who was our vice president of marketing for a number of years, now runs PlayStation globally. He's a game, you know someone that comes from the gaming background, understands the importance of this industry. And then you have Shu Yoshida, who's running Worldwide Studios, who is a gamer and a, you know and a great individual to have at the helm of all of the development of internally of our of our Worldwide Studios game. So with these three individuals, they really see um, the priority that they need to make gaming within the Sony universe. And I think it's gaming, mobile, uh, and cameras that are really the three things I think we're going to focus on moving forward. And, and I think that that real focused leadership from the top helps all of us everywhere on, on all levels really concentrate on what our best effort should be. You must hear from consumers and gamers and press all the time about uh, uh, you know what's coming down the pipeline or what they love the most or hate the most about your products so far. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, Sometimes more than I need to. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> tell us about some of the things that you hear the most about, like, what, what do people want? What do people request and, and hope for and wish for? And what have you guys got your eyes on for, you know, delivering to gamers in the future? Uh, you know, you, you said this uh, in one of your shows, and I, I've heard gamers say this, that, you know, this would have been a great holiday season for us to have a game like The Last of Us to yes. be on store shelves yeah. now. And I think there was some question about, like, how come we don't have that big action adventure game first party this holiday? I, I, I was hankering for Uncharted in a big way this, this holiday. And I think that, you know, it's going to seem like a silver lining, and it's, you know, I'm going to look at this very glass half full. Um, but, you know, I think that the great thing about Sony and, and Worldwide Studios is we give our products time to breathe and be developed in a proper time frame and a proper development cycle that will allow them a chance to be great games. Yeah. Um, and, you know, The Last of Us, could it have been rushed out? Yeah, I'm sure it probably could have, but I don't think that would have been fair to Naughty Dog. It wouldn't have been fair to PS3 gamers. I think, you know, that game's going to come out in May and will hopefully be a 10 out of 10. Everything I've seen so far makes me think that it will be. And I think that, you know, we don't rush Gran Turismo. You know, Polyphony has the time to you know, make a great game. And um, yeah, I'm sure we could have patched together a team to release The Last Guardian, but that's just not, that's not what we want to do. We want to make sure that when these games come out, they deliver on the promise that we make to gamers when they buy a PS3. So yeah, unfortunately, we, you know, we had two great games with karting and, and All-Stars Battle Royale, but we didn't have that big action adventure game. And that really led to our partnership with Ubisoft on Assassin's Creed 3 and having all those exclusive missions. How were consumers finding games like Little Big Planet Karting and uh, yeah, the PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale? Are they coming to these pieces of software? Are they going in and still buying Blu-ray, you know, AAA titles off the store shelves? Or are they kind of focusing more on your independent stuff like Papo and Yon on Finish Swan? Uh, they're still buying Blu-ray content, obviously, yeah. yeah. And, and PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale is doing really well. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm happy to report. I think it's a great game. I think Superbot really delivered on, um, you know, a really fun fighting game with some great characters. I think the interactive backgrounds that are th so thematic to the different franchises, it's just a lot of fun to play. Um, and I think that the team that, that did the, the Vita version also was able to really bring out a console quality game, fighting game on, on the handheld. So um, I'm really happy with the game critically. Um, it's selling really well. Um, you know, it's not an Uncharted 3 in the sense that it's not, you know, an action adventure game with a big main character that you can tie a lot of marketing to. Yeah. But we did market it very heavily and, and the results are showing that it's selling. Um, karting is, is a bit of a tricky one because we just did release a karting game last year. Um, so, you know, maybe we maybe had two karting games too close together. Um, but those that have played it are really enjoying it and I expect it's going to do well through the holidays and, and early next year. The problem is there's so many games to buy and you know this, yeah. you know, in the holidays that I think you don't get to everything right away. So if you bought Assassins and Call of Duty and Far Cry 3, then maybe you're going to be picking up some of those other ones that you wanted to play but you didn't get around to it right away in December and January. Well, something I, I recognize about karting as well is that it's a game that really wants you to add and create
create and mm-hmm. take time to sort of embellish and build your own experiences in. And no one's got time for that right now, <laughs> especially any of the critics or reviewers that are taking a look at all the I other know. software that's out there right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's always been uh, the blessing and the curse, I guess, of Little Big Planet is yeah. that it's, you know, the user generated content is out there, it means the game has endless replay value. But at the same time, it really requires you to invest some time. You really have to put forth an effort to make a great level and share it online. And um, I think, you know, gamers that love that franchise love that about it, but other people kind of lose patience and say, you know what, I just want to play the, the story mode levels and I, you know, I'm not going to necessarily get into it. Um, but I find that, you know, as we get every, any version of Little Big Planet, you know, it comes out, it gets a little bit easier, the tool set, whether it's the Vita version or whatever, it gets easier to make these levels. And with karting, it was the first time you could ever really make anything in 3D. So yeah. um, that was exciting for a lot of people. And I think that's why it's going to be a little bit more of an evergreen title for us. I want to talk about the, the competition. Obviously, the Wii U has launched. What are your thoughts on the Wii U? Um, I spent a little bit of time with it at E3. Um, I haven't had a chance to really play much of the of the launch lineup yet. Um, you know, one thing I have heard is that they're they're it's going to take a concerted effort on their part, I think, to bring over um, core gamers and to, I think to really win over the third party because, um, you know, over the last two or three years, we've really seen most of the third party development happen on PS3 and Xbox 360. There's been a couple of key franchises, of course, here and there that have been Wii exclusives, but a lot of the good games have been on the other two uh, other two boxes, and I think that's been tough for them to do. That'll be a hurdle. They'll have to prove that they can do that, and um, that'll take some time and some investment on their part. Is it safe to say that the technology that we're seeing in Wii U is going to be something that you guys completely leapfrog over when you're ready to announce the new machine? Uh, even the new machines. I mean, we just released a patch for Little Big Planet 2, which allows you to use your Vita as a controller for Little Big Planet 2. So, um, in addition to take that Vita with you anywhere you go, it's not tethered to your living room. So, I think um, a lot of that functionality we can do today. And I think as developers get more and more skilled at it, you'll see it in more more different games. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, w- I do want to talk about the, uh, you know, obviously the gamepad that the Wii U has. And, you know, I, I look at that and I look at what you guys offer with your two platforms, why wasn't there an effort to bundle the Vita and the PlayStation 3 as the Wii U was announcing its strategy. Yeah, we we talked we talked about it. Uh, we, you know, the, the cost of goods gets pretty high. Obviously, it mm-hmm. would be a pretty expensive bundle if you put together a PS3 and a Vita together in kind of one Uber pack. Um, but it's been discussed. I think there's probably a retailer or two out there that want to take a shot at it. Um, and I think if they can work out the margins, maybe they can make it happen. And with the software now that's cross-buy compatible, I mean, you're buying All Stars, you're buying Sly, you're getting for PS3, you're getting the Vita version um, included with it. I mean, that's a great time to say, hey, you can buy these one or two games and you get both versions, you know, included in this bundle. So I think it makes a lot of sense. But, you know, as we're seeing, you know, this part of the life cycle now, we're seeing, you know, lower prices on PS3 and then 360. Gamers are now going to retail saying, hey, where's the 249? Where's the 199 price point? And this together would drive that price back up to, you know, 400 plus. Right. Okay. Uh, It's not hard to kind of connect dots here and see the horsepower that these portables are offering and even the, uh, the, you know, the, the, uh, silicon that's in the gamepad is able to run these really high fidelity games on the Wii U. Aren't we sort of looking at a go anywhere type console proposition in the next few years? I mean, basically, you've got a you know a tablet type device that has a controller on it and is also yeah. A, you know, I mean, doesn't I, that seem like a feasibility? This is more Matt the gamer speculating, but yeah. I mean, there's no reason why you why you couldn't. I mean, yeah. you could why couldn't you have one device that plugs into your TV that take it on the go that has a screen that does all these 
these great things. And, you know, I think this is probably the same conversation we were having about your electronics and your phone like five yeah. years ago. How yeah. come I can't have a phone that plays MP3s and plays movies and surfs the net? And right. it was really only a matter of time and cost of goods before they could get to a point where it was affordable enough for you to go in and buy one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, that's kind of a pie in the sky, you know, guess, I think, for any of us to, to look at. But, I, you know, I certainly think that's a possibility. So the technology is there, I guess, the will to make it and the, and the sort of assessment of the consumer's interest in, in all of this stuff. But you guys are into so many different pies here with your televisions and your 3D technologies. And it's and you've already got a PlayStation television out there. Why not a, a bigger TV that's like a smart TV that you can uh, tether to your <laughs> your, your game, uh, your system, your portable Vita, then you can walk away with it and hook it up and your, your PS4 is embedded. There's all, there's all kinds of, I think, things that are being discussed and, and, and kind of... Uh, you know, being planned at a high level in, in Japan, and obviously a lot of our uh, engineering and R and D kind of still happens over there. Um, and I think it, uh, you know, we have to figure out what's palatable for each of the regions too. So, mm -hmm. you know, what works in the U.S. to what what's going to work in Europe and then Japan. And we we very much think of this as a global business. And um, I think sometimes we get too caught up in you know, hey, this is going to be a great product without thinking about it territorially. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think if we can if we could figure out a way to make the math work, I think there's an opportunity for something like that. Sure. I, I mean, it seems like we're edging towards that future. You guys bought Gaikai and. A very public, huge deal with those guys. Yeah. Uh, and that technology was all about just serving video games up through your TV without a console. And now, you know, I don't know what the plan is with Gaikai. Can you tell us anything about what you're going to do with Gaikai? We haven't unveil unveiled exactly how the service will become part of the PlayStation experience, yeah. other than, um, you know, it's uh, we, we went after who we felt was the leader in that in that industry. And, um, you know, we plan integrated into the PlayStation world, but uh, not necessarily only for gaming. I mean, that's a great thing about the cloud services that we now are own a part of is that you know, it's whether it's games, movies, music, any kind of subscri subscription like cloud service that we want to offer. Um, we have the expertise, I think, now to be able to offer that. So I think, um, yeah, it's going to be great for anybody that jumps into the play PlayStation world now. It's going to make your offerings a whole lot more robust in the years to come. Okay. All right. Very cool. Well, let's talk about smart TVs right now, because suddenly they are kind of a threat to gaming. I mean, they're offering up uh, apps, and you're already able to play Angry Birds on TVs and stuff yeah. like that. Not that Angry Birds is the be-all and end-all <laughs> of gaming, but that's happening. Ouya is happening. Digital distribution is happening across the board. Steam is coming out with its own box, which will be a direct threat to consoles. Mm -hmm. You know, as a purveyor of an established brand like PlayStation that's been so successful for so long. Does any of this stuff make you nervous? Does it challenge, uh, challenge the company in a good way? Are we going to see benefits from all of this competition from different places? It's a good question. Um, you know, it's a lot I'm sure that weighs on our minds. Um, yeah. I think at the end of the day, it puts a lot more priority on content, um, mm -hmm. which is why I'm glad we invested as we have in Worldwide Studios and we have these great partners and relationships around the world, um, because I think it, that that's the distinguishing factor. I mean, there'll, there'll be great mobile games and there'll be you know a lot of different offerings across different you know whether they be boxes or services. Um, but if you know if, if we're the ones bringing you the Uncharted's or the Last of Us or th those kinds of experiences exclusively, then we're still relevant and it's you know we're still I guess at the forefront of gaming, if you will. So um, yeah, I, there's a lot of questions about, you know, does it does it hurt console gaming? Does it take time away and money away from console gaming? The flip side of the argument is, you know, there's a lot more on-ramps now. There's a lot more people that are starting with, you know, the mobile gaming on their phone, and PlayStation Mobile has jumped in there, you know, with both feet now. Um, you know, and that leads to a Vita purchase, or that might lead to a PS3 purchase down the road. And I think that, um, you know, there's just a lot more gamers than ever before, and that seems to be getting larger each and every year. So how they get content, what they play is going to be more and more diverse. And I think, without a doubt, we'll always bring that PlayStation experience to it um, with whatever console or whatever piece of hardware we're selling. So you're going to be everywhere. 
Uh, we certainly are trying. We yeah. have home, we have Vita, and we have mobile. <laughs> I don't know there are other distribution models, but we're going to work on it. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, how long have you been at PlayStation now? I started uh, on the brand in 97, So, and I've been running marketing um, for Canada, marketing and PR for about seven or eight years. So I'm kind of like, much like yourself, I'm a, a lifer. Um, but I love, the, I love this industry. I love gaming. Um, it hurts me when I watch your show and I see a game and I haven't played it yet, and I'm like, i got to find time to play that game. And yeah. much like everybody that watches your show, you get this backlog of stuff that you have to get to, but I think that's fun and it's exciting. And I, and I and I and I still get um, butterflies when I go to E3 or when I see a release list that isn't you know, public yet, and I see the games that are on the calendar for the year, and I'm like, I get excited. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to play that. So when I lose that, I'll go pitch myself to another job somewhere else. But I still have it after all these years, so I'm going to keep going at it. I got a secret for you, buddy. You'll never lose that. Yeah, you'll never lose so. it. You're a huge Final Fantasy nerd. Is that I am. what makes you the most excited about working in video games? And, and as proud of PlayStation as you are, because obviously rich heritage with the PlayStation brand. Yeah. What, what is that thing about PlayStation that you know makes you a lifer and makes you so connected to, to the brand? I, I think that we really, um, you know, and I, and I mean this from the heart, I really do believe that we care a lot about um, gamers and the game itself. Mm -hmm. So we want it to be an epic experience. We want it to be, you know, we want to push the boundaries of what play means to each and every one of us. So we don't want to just put out another shooter. We don't want to just put out another collection of mini games. We want it to really feel like PlayStation. In order for it to, you know, to do that, what is that DNA? What is that magic you know, ingredient in that secret sauce? Um, you know, we really feel like we've captured it with some of the franchises. You know, I don't know how you describe Uncharted or The Last of Us or Gran Turismo. What is it about those games that are epic PlayStation games? But they are. So we got to capture that. We got to bottle it. We have to make sure that we keep making games or keep bringing forth developers that are making games like Journey and Unfinished One because those are important to the library as as the bigger AAA stuff that we have. And all of it is PlayStation, right? I think it, it's it's the network. It's these smaller games. It's the bigger games. It's the experience that you have when you press the power button. So um, yeah, I'm extremely passionate about about gaming. The, the you know the PlayStation brand and and how I can make or how we can make you know gaming more fun for everybody and I think that's what we look at for you know two three five years is how are we going to enjoy these consoles and these experiences in a new and better best way awesome so is it true then that the last guardian has been uh, shelved for PlayStation 4 launch title I have not heard that no that is that a Twitter question is that that's a Victor Lucas Twitter question that's my question to throw you oh, okay that uh, no as far as I know I mean uh, without a doubt there's been some hiccups in, in the production yeah. timeline uh, that's pretty obvious. It's not out yet. It's not um, the Lost Guardian. It is yeah, the Last the Guardian. La well, he'll come out last, okay. right? There you oh, go. Okay. The, the title really means something. <laughs> no, it's um, we're, you know, I, I Shadow of the Colossus for me still is my favorite PS2 game. So I wait in anticipation with your entire audience to play that game. Um, but as far as I know, it's still coming as a PS3 game. And when that changes, you'll you'll hear from us. All right, cool. Well, I do have some Twitter questions okay. from uh, from the viewers of our show, fans of PlayStation out there. Let me get some of these things here for you. When are they? contacting level five to get another rogue galaxy or dark cloud this is from alex beck ah, well i'm sure he has his pre-order in for nino cooney mm -hmm. which is coming out uh i think it's in january or february that right? game there's looks a, amazing there's yeah. a demo out already on the playstation store i know i'm excited about it i love japanese rpgs um obviously you have studio ghibli and did i pronounce that right i think so i think so yeah. um and and the and the art direction of that game looks spectacular so if you liked rogue galaxy and and, and dark cloud and that those games obviously you'll you'll 
legal freak for that. And hasn't been any announcements for those two franchises specifically to have sequels, but I loved Rogue Galaxy, so I would, I'd be lobbying for that too. We'll get a petition signed or something. Yeah, and it, it seems like with digital, everything comes back as yeah. well, right? And nothing yeah. ever goes, I mean, we've got Stranger's Wrath on the Vita right now. <laughs> yeah. Nothing disappears, right? I, I played Jet Set Radio on my <laughs> Vita on the way here, awesome. and I was like laughing at myself. I'm like, what is going on that you have like these library of games? But it's like, that's great. I think there's so much stuff that, I mean, I love the Crash franchise on PS1, yeah. and I, the, the moment I could download those games on my PSP or on my Vita, I was doing it because I, I have just as much fun playing some of that catalog stuff. Yeah, Not everything holds up, mind you. But no, but you know, yeah. when we were starting out, those games were lost, right? All those games from the 80s that we played when we were kids, yeah. gone, right? Unless you found them emulated somewhhere. Yeah. But now with digital distribution, you're able to, act, it's like we all have these museums with us wherever we go. And you're probably not going to dig out the CD and the P- yes. original PS1. And right. you know, it's a big production, but it's like, if it's on the store and it's $4 or whatever, then like, how do you lose, right? Yeah. It's like, it's 50, 50 megs or something of that small, you know, bite-sized game takes two minutes to download. And you know, you're always going to find some enjoyment out of it. It's a classic, right? So there's a lot of stuff I have on my Vita and on my PS3 that are like that because, you know, like I, I grew up loving these games. I have a, I have a question directly relating to that. Okay. When, and this is from Ethan Mars. When, if ever, will they make PS2 classics from the PS, uh, for the PS and uh, Vita available? That's a good question. Um, we you know that's a killer app, right? Uh, without a doubt. Um, you know, it's there's nothing... I guess technologically stopping that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a question of, I guess, you know, at what point did, are we going to be able to, to get that library available and accessible for Vita? So we haven't made any announcements yet. Something that's obviously high on our radar, um, and I'd say stay tuned. I mean, the moment we open up that catalog for Vita users, you'd expect that that's going to really drive a lot of it. I mean, those will be the best portable games you can buy, <laughs> period, right there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think. You know, the, we also don't want to rest so much on our laurels that we put a lot of resources into, hey, let's just dig out all the catalog stuff and just, yeah. you know, make, make, make a go at that. We still have a lot of teams and a lot of people that are dedicated to, you know, Beyond and, you know, all kinds of games that are coming out next year. So it's a careful balance between all the new content and all the new games we want to bring and then being able to access a lot of that great older franchise stuff. But stay tuned. Uh, that, there, that's a great question and there's a lot more to come on that. Okay. Um, will there will there be a demo for The Last of Us? This is from Alan uh, Trakita. Uh, yes. Stay tuned. <laughs> these Twitter questions are impossible. <laughs> How do I manage these? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. It's uh, we we know everybody wants to play that. So without a doubt, we're excited to uh, we're excited to get that into people's hands. Uh, Malamute, nineteen sixty two. Will the PlayStation Four play PS three games? If not, why not? Um, I'm gonna give you uh, I'm gonna give you Andrew House's email, and you can email him that question. I don't even know. I'm not touching it. No comment. No comment. Uh, all right. Um, Oh, this one's oh. a little bit nasty from Nippy. Okay. When is the Vita going to be worth playing again? Haven't touched oh. it since launch. Really? And wow. he's got a little gnome as his icon. Nasty wow. little gnome. Nip- Nippy. Yeah. Let me tell you what you've missed, Nippy. All right. You've missed an incredible version of Need for Speed. You've missed an incredible version of All-Stars Battle Royale. Assassin's Creed Liberation, which was you know a ton of fun. Um, I think there's been really good games the whole way through the year. I'm, I'm not even crossing a finger or, or, or sipping in the Super crate box, man. <laughs> yeah. Retro City Rampage. Retro City rampage with yours truly in the game so I think there's been a ton of great stuff to play and I think that um, you know 
I, I'm trying to remember a launch ever in the history of this industry where someone didn't say that yeah. um, within the first year. I mean, like we heard it with PS2, we heard it with PS3, we've heard it with Vita, and it's like, you know, well, when are the great games coming? And I think a lot of times you have to like, I got to lay out all the all the games and one piece of paper and go, hey, look at all this stuff. Yep. And there's like 50 games on there, you know, that that are all you know really some really good titles. Especially so if you throw in the mobile stuff now and the PS1 classics and the minis, yeah. there are. I, I actually have a 32 gig in my Vita, and I cool. have to. It's full. I have to yeah. keep downloading and and deleting stuff on this thing all the time. I had to delete uh, Dokura and Doctor Who. Sorry, guys. Yeah. I had to delete you off my memory card because I had to make room for Persona 4. So I'm like, I'm constantly doing that. I'm like, I like these games. Maybe I'll go back and download them later and kind of continue. But I, I, I you know, like there's just so much stuff every week that I want to play. So I think that's. I, I'm happier with our Vita lineup in the first year than I think any console we've ever released, handheld or home. That's awesome. All right. So uh, get out there and look at the store, Nippy. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Nippy. <laughs> this one is from uh, Karen DeBroder. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. She's saying, uh, uh, can we get some of the PlayStation Plus games that are in Europe in North America? Uh, that's a good question. And, and they do regionalize it. Um, I, I don't know how I don't know how that works. I don't know if it has. It's probably a third party like, kind of royalty question in terms okay. of how you decide which territories get which games. Um, and I know sometimes we have stuff in Europe's like, hey, we we want that game. And I think they just had Red Dead Redemption on PS Plus in Europe, and all the American North American gamers were like, hey, I want that. So yeah. um, I, I you know I'm hoping within enough time everything becomes available everywhere. But I think that you know whether it's licensing deals or how it's structured, you kind of get certain exclusives in certain territories. But uh, hopefully over time it, it evens itself out. Kind of hard to quibble with like a dozen free titles <laughs> that you get at any given month. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we, I think the same month they had Red Dead, we had Resident Evil 5. So, and I, you know, I loved Resident Evil 5. It was one of my favorite Resident Evil games. So I think that uh, you're always going to have something good to play. It may not always be your first choice. There might be another territory out there that has something great also, but I'd say you got, you might have to wait a month or two. Things kind of even itself up. Okay. What's that one from from Scott Jones? Why did I give Uncharted That's one for you to ask oh, him. Okay, I have a Twitter question. I should write that question into the show. Hey, this one's a good one. Okay. This one's from Steven Eidher. He's saying, when will they get serious and lower the price of the Vita memory sticks? Yeah, so obviously we, um, you know, we, we, we get some questions about when's the Vita price coming down, when's the memory card price is coming down. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I think that's a, a, a pretty standard consumer request is to, you know, when are we going to get some lower prices? And I totally understand it. You know, if, if, you know, if I had my way, you know, I would have $99 TVs that you could go out and buy. Um, but the fact of the matter is there, is there is a cost of goods to these things. They actually do cost a fair amount to produce. Um, I think that if you look at the, at the Vita for $249 for what you're getting with a 5-inch OLED screen and all the functionality and all the bells and whistles it's a great offer um, certainly I think if there you know if we had um, you know third-party uh, companies out there making memory cards perhaps that might lower the price and then perhaps that's something we're considering but as of right now um, no news to uh, to discuss but you know this industry is you know pretty much built on um, over time you know cost of goods goes down and prices yeah. go down and yeah. we pass that on to the consumer so I don't have a specific announcement for it but I think that hopefully over time we see it well truthfully and I'm in the broadcast business and we use Sony equipment like crazy and there is this proprietary mentality with Sony at that you know corporately but that's how you also use use that money to you know pay for video game development you know mm -hmm. you have to make your profit somewhere and if you're giving away a bunch of games for a PlayStation Plus subscription and your memory cards are uh, next to nothing, as much as we all want that, then your profits go down and your ability to invest in more development goes down as well, right? Yeah, and I think that we have to start as a company, and we, we're pretty conscious of this, we have to mm -hmm. start making decisions for what's best for gamers. Um, you know, and I, and I think that 
really when it came to protecting the IPs and the games that were out there um, for that were being made for handhelds, we had to come up with a proprietary system that was able to protect that content for people. Yeah. Um, and it came at a cost, but at the end of the day, and it means that you and I get to play Vita games for the next you know three or five years or however long we keep that product on the shelf, um, because you know that, that's kind of like a, a cost of doing business to be able to protect that content that's on there. So it's um, it's tough. We're, we're not we're not by no means trying to do this um, you know as a, as a very you know establishment you know kind of a guardian mentality. It's just a way of um, being able to reward developers and, and publishers that are out there making great games, reward the people that are out there working so hard to bring these games to you, and reward gamers for being able to you know have the great library that they want for years to come. So I know it's, it, it does seem very kind of big brotherish, but it, it is really a part of kind of protecting our content. Uh, you know, I think if you're fair and you're honest about, uh, you, you know, PlayStation's commitment to gaming, it's pretty hard to be, you know, too choked up about anything. I mean, PlayStation has proven, you know, to my eyes, as someone that's dedicated a big chunk of his life to covering the video game industry, PlayStation has proven time and again that they're willing to invest in game development and bring us new titles, you know? Mm -hmm. And obviously it's, it's a business and there has to be a profit generated to be able to continue with that. But Sony's been a pretty impassioned game maker for a very long time. Yeah. I, I have to ask though about mm. uh, the, the, the sort of surge in phones and the gaming that's available on phones and the lower prices that, are, that is available to consumers out there to jump in. You're able to get Grand Theft Auto Vice City right now. Mm -hmm. Can't play it on the Vita, but you can play it on your iPhone for five bucks. Yeah. Now, how do you, you know, not release a Vita enabled Android phone? Well, I mean, obviously, we do have some pretty exciting Xperia phones that are available, some that are coming out next year. We've yeah. got all of our Sony, our PlayStation Mobile content available on HTC handsets as well. So I think we have to grow that library, certainly. We have to grow the uh, the actual offerings of PlayStation games on the PlayStation Mobile service as well. I think yeah. there's currently 20 or 30 games on there. But, you know, obviously, we have such great content and such great franchises from, you know, generations one and two. We want to be able to offer those out there for, for your phone and for your mobile gaming needs. Um, it's, it's really a question of priority. How do we, you know, how do we juggle the stuff we need to do for mobile, the stuff we need to do for Vita, and then also, you know, the, the PS3 and keeping that content all relevant? It's it's a lot of balls to juggle in the air, but we feel we're, we're gonna, um, you know, we're gonna make sure that we bring as much of it to gamers as we can on whatever whatever on road or on ramp that we can offer them. Which means we'll get a Vita 2 that's also going to be a phone next year? <laughs> nope, didn't say that. Didn't say that. No, it's, uh, that's the number one. I can't believe that wasn't a Twitter question. How come the Vita isn't a phone? I mean, I, that's another one that's just constantly keeps, you know, I wake up at night hearing that one yeah. in my ears as well. well. I mean, it's like you're a, a road warrior. You're out on, the, on planes all the time and you're playing yeah. portable equipment all the time. And there's been no good phone. I mean, the, the Xperia Play was about the closest that sort of, you know, approached that, yeah. that came with built-in controllers. And it feels like a PlayStation, you know, like true dual analog controls with a phone yeah. would be something that anybody that's on the road all the time would want. You know, I think it's um, at the end of the day, it, you know, for us, our dedication to gaming has to be first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes that means that other functionality or other things that we want to you know, promote or market or focus on have to take a back seat. And a lot of times people have said, well, the PS3 is a great Blu-ray player. Why don't you market it as a Blu-ray player and people will buy it to watch movies or, you know, hey, you should make the Vita into a phone. It's like, the Vita is a dedicated gaming machine. We want it to be the very best handheld gaming machine that you could buy out there, and I think we've achieved that. The PS3, uh, unless, it's unless it has that perception of being the best 
video game machine. I don't think you can ever work backwards and start off and say, it's a great Blu-ray player. Oh, by the way, it also plays right. games. I don't think that communication with a gamer, you're going to lose every single time because they're never going to take you seriously. So I think our commitment to our fan base, our install base is that we're going to make the best game machines we can first. And then after that, we're going to add on functionality where we can um, that will make your life easier or better, or easier to you know be able to access whatever content entertainment wise that you have. So um, that's that's a belief in our, in our internal organization that I truly think will keep us grounded and will keep us putting games first. Um, and I think that's the right way to, for us to act. Matt, it is always a pleasure talking with you. And I, I want to ask if we can keep this line of communication open and we'll do more of these Twitter sure. questions. We'll maybe, uh, uh, you know, Skype you in for a future edition of Vic's Basement or something like that. Would love to. Yeah, absolutely. I watched the show, big fan, and uh, I know your fan base asks a ton of good questions. I see it all the time at the end of every episode of Reviews on the Run. Um, and I know that there's, you know, in this social media world, everybody wants direct contact and wants direct answers. And, uh, and, and it's our intention to give them that. I mean, that's why we have a blog and that's why we try to do our best internally to be able to be accessible to gamers um, because we're not trying to dodge things and we know there's going to be some hot buttons out there and there's going to be things um, without a doubt that will not be easy for us to discuss but we're going to be honest with you we'll be straightforward and uh, at the end of the day we we have your best intentions in mind we want to bring you the best games in 2013 and beyond and uh, we you have that promise from us you are going to have the busiest year you've <laughs> ever had next year i'm taking year. a break for the next two weeks because 2013 is going to be insane so i'm going to go sleep for two weeks to build it all up well Thank you for ending your year Thank with you. us, and, uh, and good luck in 2013, and we'll talk lots more then. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Matt Levitan. Always an incredible treat to talk with you. I told you he's like Muhammad Ali. I told you he's like Muhammad Ali. He knocked out George Foreman in the jungle <laughs> in Zaire, and he's, he's done so many incredible things. Thank dude, you, Matt Levitan. Dude, I cannot wait for the announcement of the PlayStation 4 and the new Xbox. This is going to be an incredible year for video. I'm so excited about really all these are, new you're platforms. You're excited about the new the PlayStation 4 and the new Xbox. I, I am, man. I can't right. wait. I want to see what kind of new technologies and how, all of the streaming stuff and the idea of... Uh, uh, down, downloadable software up the wazoo and all yeah. of the new technologies. Hopefully the, the gadgets and gizmos aren't just superfluous and uh, you know actually work as promised. Looking at Uconnect and I guess Move as well. Uh, but I'm excited. This is going to be a hell of a great year and, and uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about on this podcast. You know, I'm just thinking about the PlayStation Vita, the machine that only does everything. And yeah. yet uh, nobody seems to really be finding, uh, one, a reason to buy it. And two, uh, games that you can play on it, experiences that you can't have anywhere else. And that's what I worry about with this new tech. Like, I don't care about the new PlayStation. Who cares? You care. Let me see the fucking game. Show me where this medium is going. Well, that's what, that's what this next year is all about. I don't There's care about hardware. A lot of uh, putting, putting money where their mouth is. Both Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo as well. Everybody has got to show us why we need to care about video game software from the traditional content creators. I just out there. realized something about you. Yeah. You fall in love with inanimate objects. I, I do. You I, fall I'm in excited love with, with about all this stuff. You fall in love with hardware. Uh, like I'm, if you didn't, if you weren't married to your wife and you've been together I, I would, for twenty years, I would you'd fall in love with a robot. I would marry a robot. Yeah. Um, that's that's a freaky thought. Yeah. And I don't think you're all wrong. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to have lots of those thoughts over the next twelve months. So buckle up, fuckers. <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe my daughter needs a robot sibling. 
Maybe I'll work on that. All right, we'll work on that. Offline. Okay. Let's close this down. All right, that's it for today's edition of Vic's Basement. Sorry, it got all weird at the end there, but that's what we like to do. It always here. does. We should make another yeah. podcast called It Gets Weird at the End. <laughs> and we'll be back next week with something really cool for you. And in fact, every week from now on, we have got some very cool things planned. I thought planned we were going for. daily this year. Okay, maybe every day from now on. Is that is that happening? Hourly. Did we just. An, <laughs> Vic's Basement is now an hourly thing. <laughs> In this hour, I'll be going to the bathroom. All right. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Happy New Year. And don't forget to subscribe and rate us on iTunes and Stitcher or wherever else you can find us. All right. Thanks for listening. Yeah, my Happy New Year was a little premature. You were still saying. Happy now New say, Year. Folks. Now, now say Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Now say it again. Happy New Year. Okay. Happy New Year. All right. I got to go to the bathroom.